0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I do this show about collecting sports cards. I collect sports cards myself and I bring collectors on to talk about their collections. I got my man, JJJ Gambino, on the Instagram machine on the podcast today to talk about his collection. I have been a longtime follower of him. We're going to be talking about building a collection with Depp. I love the way he curates his page, the cards he has. We get into that, talk about his history, and a bunch of other items. Joe has an awesome collection. Go follow him if you aren't already. We're going to put that link in the show notes like we always do. Sit back, relax. We're going to have another collector conversation coming at you. Let's kick it to it. I am excited about this conversation. Um, been following today's guest page for quite some time and appreciate the way he curates his collection and just some of the cards he has in his approach and felt like it was a good time to have him on. So I'm joined by Joe. You might know him on Instagram as JJJ Gambino. We're going to be talking about the way he builds his collection we were just chatting about trading before we hopped on, so we might start there. But without further ado, Joe,
1: welcome. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Brett. Long time coming and uh, love the show. I think we've met a couple of times in person, but i uh, definitely happy to be doing this with you.
0: Definitely. Excited to uh, chat. Maybe we start here. Trading has been kind of a topic that I've been exploring. I feel like some of the my favorite deals that I've got done via, have been via the trade, you self-admittedly said when we. I hope I'm not sharing anything I shouldn't. But you said I'm like, I like to trade or whatever. But I'm I'm not the easiest person to deal with. Maybe like I I love that self-awareness you have about yourself. Maybe talk a little bit about that and then just like your approach with trading in general.
1: Well, like I was telling you earlier, it's uh just trading is not something that I've really done, especially for too long. If uh, especially for the Kind of cards I go after and the kind of stuff I collect. It's harder for to find other collectors that have something, you know, a, a piece that's directly related to my PC and that I would uh, kind of like to build a trade around using my own cards. The more you do it, the uh, easier it's. It's definitely uh, gotten. You know, the more shows you go to, the more interactions you have. You know, the more people you come across and build connections with. And, you know, you, you start gaining a sense of trust and I, it's whether it's you're, you're talking to people, you're seeing them at different shows, whether they're setting up, whether it's buyers, dealers, whatever, you know, for me, it, it uh, a lot of the times it takes a little bit of time to kind of build a relationship and have that trust to, you know, to build, uh, build a confidence to trade, you know, with a little bit more, uh, more confidence. So, so maybe definitely self-aware about that.
0: So so maybe uh, I think what's important and I think this would be fun to chat about a little bit is like uh, you mentioned like the types of cards that I like to collect. So I I think it's uh, maybe finding the people who collect similar stuff is like a starting point when you're thinking or considering a a, a trade partner. Maybe talk a little bit about like this is a good maybe launching off point. Like I'm looking at your page. I see what types of cards that you like. But maybe talk a little bit about like what you collect, why you like it, and then maybe identifying and finding right people that you can work with in order to make a trade because you like similar stuff.
1: As long as I can remember, I've always come from a standpoint of diversity and picking up different things, whether it's, uh, you know, different players, different sports, different years whether it's parallels inserts if you as a collector you come across something that you like you know you you pick it up you explore it you study it you research it and you know if if some people are motivated by pursuing something because they think it's going to go up in value if it's a collector piece that you know that it comes from like your team or your player then you know it's definitely something to, you know to build build upon uh, my own personal experience has always been building sets. So, you know, I started with the early 90s baseball and eventually basketball. And um, with basketball, it was, it was always breaking wax to get the inserts to build the sets. Go to the shows, look for the specific cards. You would, I remember going to shows and just looking everywhere for the John Stockton 92-93 beam team because I really needed that card. I I knew I needed the shack as well, but I couldn't afford the shack back then, right? Like you would, you would go to the shows specifically to build sets. So um, you go to the shows, and then uh, you know you see different different cards. Wow, I've never seen this card before. It would be kind of cool to pick it up. You see something you like, you pick it up, right? And even as kids, that trend just kind of followed me along, personally. So um, just like a lot of different stories coming from different collectors Uh, right now that we're adults and, you know, we have jobs and we're professionals and we have the, the, the income to be able to afford some of the stuff we couldn't as kids. And then, you know, this is where, this is where, you know, in the back of your brain somewhere, it's tucked away. Hey, like, remember this card, it would be really cool to own it now. Right. Some of my collection has come from that kind of uh, mentality, like uh, just picking up cards that I always wanted growing up, whether it was a uh, $5, you know, David Robinson from the 95-96 Bean Team Series, or if it was like a 97-98 uh, MJ Jambalaya, you know, you know, this is, this is stuff that really creates uh, long term passion in the hobby, right? So you're not only picking something up because it's going to be a good investment, it's something that has meant something to you for a very long time.
0: So we're going to dig into you, your collecting some more. But maybe before we do that, you said something that I just want to like spotlight because you mentioned something that I talk about a lot. And it's like, you know, a lot of collectors right now and people who listen to this show, people that I interact with. Are busy professionals, they have kids, and we've got like this slimmer sliver of time that we spent that we have free for ourselves, and we spend it, you know, pursuing the cards that we want, being on Instagram. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Obviously, I'm sure we were talking about shows we wish we could go to, but don't have the time. Maybe talk a little bit about like that time away from the rest of your life and your family and everything else when it's just like you and cards like maybe like what why that's significant why you prioritize that maybe talk a little bit about that time kind of spent in the hobby
1: well just like um like i've talked with many collectors before uh you know just taking a trip out of the city without your family just to go see your your hobby friends uh your personal friends acquaintances some people even go with with family right you went with your uh with your brother right
0: yes definitely
1: yeah. So I bet that was a good, uh, personal experience for you, you know, be able, be able to, uh, you know, kind of take a trip as, a, as adults and, you know, just indulge in, a, in a hobby that you both, you know, that you're both into. So it's kind of, kind of like the same thing. Um, when I first started, started out with the hobby, you know, with the whole uh, social media world, you know, I was kind of like just, I felt like kind like an outsider. And, you know, I don't know if this is for me. I've always been a private collector kind of thing. But now, uh, you know, you look forward to to the shows, not just for the cards or uh, for the, uh, you know, for the actual card experience, but to see other people and to share this hobby of ours with other people.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's an important thread that, uh, I don't know, the more I talk with other collectors, the more they bring up. And it's just uh, my time at the national has become not just my time at the national, but my time to spend with my brother away from our families and kids, which is something that I appreciate. Maybe just like looking at your page and digging into your collection, I see a diversity of uh, types of cards, eras of cards, players, but there is definitely a focus. So I want to maybe understand, like, you know, you've, the three cards you have pinned at the top of your page are Jordan's. Uh, you've got the Sign of the Times, Playmakers Theater, Jambalaya, which are just incredible Jordan cards that are significant. But then you scroll down a little bit and you start to see, like, you know, different sets that you're you're building and uh, just different connection points. And I think I'm curious, like, we get overwhelmed I think with so many collecting projects and sometimes those go away and we try to figure, identify and figure our focus but I'd love to understand maybe like how do you approach like collecting someone like a Michael Jordan while also trying to like do kind of back what you said with like collecting the beam team and collecting the game jersey set what's the balance between kind of the set collecting and the player collecting for you
1: well um a lot of the stuff that I've collected over the years it's not necessarily uh cards that pop up every you know uh every so often you know some of these cards pop up every you know a couple of years for a good example is a 97 98 game jersey set which i came very close to completing before just kind of like breaking it apart and putting in another uh collector's hands you know i i spent um I started on that set in two thousand and seven and I still came up short uh three cards. I had to Jordan. And what what I, were you missing? So I was missing the Tony Ku coach, Kevin Garnett, and then the the blue Penny Hardaway. So yeah, it was it was those three cards and I just I just kind of gave up on it and you know I kinda like needed the funds to to move into something else. So I came close, but uh, you know, I just kinda like stopped short. And I've done that a couple of times with uh, a couple of different sets. To pursue other uh, other stuff, so it's it's kind of like the same thing. You uh, you prioritize what you can find and what you have access to. So sometimes sometimes you have to sacrifice sets that you're putting together or cards that are have a lot of sentimental value to you as both as a collector or an investor to go after to to be able to pick up these cards that rarely that rarely pop up. So that's definitely been the experience for me so what what exactly do I prioritize whatever mm-hmm. is available and w- w- if it's within my uh you know my uh my range my price range that I'm willing to uh to pay or trade for
0: Can you maybe give us an example of a card that's currently in your collection that you love that became available and so then you had to make some moves within your collection in order to acquire that card like um i don't know if it's like an example where you're breaking up a set that you were building or whatever but just like talk us through that process
1: so i'll i'll go ahead and bring back that uh 97 98 game jersey set so uh, i ended up um moving out of the jordan which uh you know i spent a very long time trying to find that card and uh, i was lucky enough to be able to make a deal for that card i held it for uh probably like over four years or four or five years and when i saw this specific card which i'll show you in a second go into auction uh i knew it was the right time in the market uh for me to to have a chance at it and um i i went ahead and i I moved. I moved that card. I moved a couple of other cards, and I was finally able to uh, to pick up uh, the uh, nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine uh, Playmakers Theater. And uh, again, it's it's another one that's been a you know long time goal, and uh, it was it's definitely been around the auction block for some time. But you know the the types of range ranges and prices that that card was going for just last year, two years ago, it was it was definitely out of my my budget. So
0: I think we all try to pay attention to kind of the market and what's happening and when's the right time to buy. I think obviously you rewind the tape two years ago. Everything was insane out of a lot of our price ranges. Some of us stayed away. Some of us still went. What for you like is how do you evaluate that for you personally on like timing what to buy, when to buy it, what you're willing to give up, like what's your personal collector litmus test when you're buying a card that's a personal grail and something that's really significant to you?
1: Well, obviously res- responsibility. You, you got to be able to be responsible with the f- allotted f- funds that you have for the hobby. You know, um, you, ha- you have to be smart. You have to be able to to know the market. You have to be able to learn from, you know, f- from others around you. Like I'm not. I'm definitely not the most well-versed person in the hobby. I ask a lot of questions from people that have been around for a long time, from people that own cards that I one day wish to acquire. I listen to smart, intelligent podcasts and uh, people who know that what they're talking about, people that own these cards and uh, you know, know, know what they're, you know, know what they're pursuing as well, you know, and, you take all these things into account and then you make a decision on what's gonna be best for you. You know, you know, the two thousand and twenty one markets, you know, that kind of stuff is not sustainable, right? I mean, I, I've I, I know we all invested at least a little bit into that time and you know, a lot of us are definitely kicking our ourselves in one way or another. Long term collectors, you know, I guess we have a different approach to uh to cards like these. Um Never say never uh, as far as, you know, are those prices going to be sustainable? But, um, I mean, you just have to be be smart. You have to be able to uh, take all these things into account.
0: So I look at your page and I see Jordan stuff. I see Kobe stuff. I see a lot of different 90s stuff. Like, what's all of this is like, I think anyone who's listening who's going to go to your page and does a scroll are going to be like, man, this is a bunch of badass cards. What's your method to the madness? Uh, I see. I, I'd love for you to maybe just explain, like your own curation. Like, how are you curating this collection? Like, what matters most to you? Like, talk us through that a little bit.
1: Long-term value is uh, definitely not the top priority. It's it comes down to the card. Is is it rare? Can I pick it up in six months from now? Am I able to pick it up a year from now? What's the market going to look like? five, 10 years from now, almost exclusively, probably like 80 to 90% of the time, I'm looking at owning that card for at least a couple number of years, if not for the long term. If I'm investing my energy and, uh, you know, my, my limited, we're going to call them limited funds, you know, because, you know, the, everything, everything is limited in this, uh, in this life? You know, am I putting a set together? It's important. Is it important? When is, am am I going to be able to find another one in this, in this condition? Or what are the limitations of the card? What are, is it a current player? Is it a legend? Is it a, a retired player? You have to take a lot of these things into consideration. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not inventing the wheel by all means. I'm again, taking advice and from other collectors uh when trying to pursue a specific card i am studying the markets do i remember how much this card was worth 5 years from now 5 years ago do i remember how much it was worth 10 15 years ago i'm not pulling up card ladder by any means i'm just kind of like remembering going to the show in 2005 how much was this card oh it was it was Hypothetically, this card was a thousand dollars back then, and now it's ten thousand dollars. What's the next ten years going to look like? Right? I think that the mistake that a lot of uh, people in the hobby make is that they're only mesh- taking a measure of of their short term months, weeks, not even like a year. And um, you know, um, that that's another topic for the uh, you know for the current players. But uh, there's so much information out there, and there is so much, so much hobby knowledge that's, uh, easily disposable. It's, it's not, um, it should never come down to, am I going to make money on it? Is, is how long am I willing to hold this to be, mm-hmm. for it to be part of my collection? And I, I believe that if you, if you want to be able to build a collection up instead of down, you're looking at the, uh, you're looking at the potential of your cards, not just, the monetary value.
0: I love that perspective. Um, I've never heard anyone articulate it like that, but uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think people out there listening are shaking their heads too. I want to hit on the community portion. I think just gathering information from like minded people that are collecting similar stuff is so valuable. I want to, because it sounds like you're very methodical in the way you're approaching the different cards you want your collection because you're buying them to hopefully store in your collection for long-term like i would imagine your process your research in the communication and gathering information is thorough maybe talk a little bit about just in the different lanes that you collect in like how important like for you the relationship building in the community has been and you know any like call outs or stories that you want to share would be awesome um well i definitely
1: have seen it from both ends um, once upon a time, uh, you know, before, before social media, you know, I used to go to shows, uh, maybe like annually, same semi-annually, uh, when I was living in, in Houston. Um, and you know, I, I just wasn't really feeling the pop based on my interactions with both buyers and sellers. It was very driven on just trying to get the most out of whatever they were selling or, what their whatever their angle was, so for may, for many for many years, I always build a perspective based on that, which was I feel yeah. like everybody here has an angle. Everybody's just trying to make money. Yeah. Everybody's just out to benefit their own their own selves. So I really hadn't had a a positive um, a positive positive experience both there and online. So I remember one time in you know, the old the old school forums, uh, Hobby King. So I, I put up a uh, thread saying, hey, I'm looking for um, for the 97, 98 Ultra Courtmaster said like looking for this Jordan. And suddenly this, this Jordan was uh, X amount of dollars. Can't remember it, exactly how much it was. And then I had this. And so I announced it. And then about a, a week later, one popped up for sale. And then I start. I started bidding on it, and then like it, and ended up ended up finishing like almost twice the amount that I uh, had previously. So like it, obviously something's fishy going on here. And then about three days later, somebody reaches out to me. Hey, this card just sold for this much. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take, I'll take uh, this much for it. Or, but it was still, it was still like a bump. But I was like, was it you bidding on this card? It was <laughs> like, no. It was just kind of funny that this card just went up uh, like uh, 150% after, you know, had been pretty much flat for a very long time. So, you know, you you take... Initially, I took a lot of... uh, A few bad interactions and bad experiences and then just kind of formed a... Kind of like a close relationship with the community. Uh, It wasn't until... uh, Was it 16 or 17 where I started doing a little bit more interaction, blowout forums... And, uh, eventually Instagram. And that's where, you know, that's where I started finding, uh, you know, good, good people, good relationships, uh, going to shows, meeting people in person and pretty much just, uh, just took it from there and just, it's just kind of like a reflection as well. Uh, you know, the more, the more people you interact with, the more knowledge you attain. Uh, you know, you trade initially, you're trading Muggsy Bogues for Sean Bradley and then eventually you're trading. Malone for for Robinson and you know eventually you get to the big boys and you know it's and it's not just me people learn from each other I I've learned from people and people have told me that they've learned some some stuff from me so I, I think knowledge is beneficial not only for for the community but also for building up your collections
0: that's awesome i want to get into maybe uh kind of round in the corner here get into maybe some of your favorite sets and favorite cards maybe we'll start with favorite sets like what when when you think about some of your favorite sets of all time that you collect what are they and maybe why are they personally significant or important to you
1: i'll, I'll give you um i'll give you three sets that have always just been my top ones uh number one is uh 92 93 clear teams team leader set uh 27 cards one player from each team the team leader that was the pretty much the the first significant year with uh basketball inserts you know blue borders just very condition sensitive just love that set for for i've loved that set for a very long time it was just pretty much the set that got everything started for me
0: when you called that out i just had a i had a flashback of my youth it had been a while since i have thought about that but i i love how you call out something with uh that sort of nostalgia and like you still have such reverence for it um and i think uh that's like maybe the best part about just collecting cards is it doesn't matter the era it's just like what's personally significant to you
1: absolutely and then uh the second one we'll we'll go with the the playmakers theater ninety ninety eight, ninety nine out of uh clear tradition. So also um up on my page I have um I think I have like a half of the set now, but I you know, I have the I've had the Kobe for a while and I just picked up the Jordan earlier this year, like we previously talked about. It's just such a such an awesome card. It's uh, you know, it has the, the background is you know, it's a uh, it's like in a theater theater curtain. You know, embossed in in gold. It's it's shiny. It's just a, a very elegant card. There's been there's been a lot of uh, bankrupt copies. You know, flooding the market for many years. So um, there, there's there's some that are not embossed. There's some that don't have serial numbers. So I like the exclusivity of a lot of fakes going around. And but I also like. How clean and how elegant that card is. Uh, it's a set of 15. So it's not, uh, it's not like there's a lot of readily available ones. I know the Jordan is definitely be uh, considered one of the, uh, one of the holy grails. One of his, uh, probably 20 according to, uh, a lot of, uh, different lists going around.
0: So I'm looking at a picture on your page and it's Jordan, Kobe, Iverson, and Shaq. And just seeing the quad of those in this design is a pretty a sight to behold. And I'll make sure I repost that when this episode <laughs> goes live so everyone can check it out. Maybe like you just spoke about the Jordan card and just... I have heard so many Jordan collectors talk about that card. Maybe How did you,
1: how and when did you acquire your Jordan Playmakers Theater? So this one was, uh, it was earlier this year. I can't remember the month, but it was, I acquired it. I think it was more than half what the previous one went for. So (laughs) I I knew, I knew, I definitely knew it was the time to acquire it when I could get it half, half of the price from the previous sale. And then uh I talked to uh I ended up finding out who I was bidding against, and we had a good laugh about it. And it was kind of like the same thing. Um, if I would have let it go, he would have gotten it for much less. If he would have let it go, I would have gotten it for much less. But uh we had a good laugh about it, and but I think the price point was definitely um, it, it wasn't bad. I I think it's uh for long term, I think it's a good margin, but uh, you know, definitely. It's more than uh than it was three years ago. You can't but beat that. What's your final set? Final set is probably no surprise here, the uh ninety-eight ninety-nine skybox, molten metal. This, this set is just like so many words, you know. We'll we'll just call it the fusion titanium, the numbered out of forty gold. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, entirely maybe, way
0: entirely sorry. way too
1: many words for a for a set.
0: Do you want to maybe explain that set? Because I feel like it's one of those sets that I've been told, like the serial numbering around it. And like I still can't get it all straight, but like maybe describe just like the layout of that set and just like why you like it and what's cool about the cards.
1: Cause they're certainly unique when you look at them for the first time. Absolutely. Um, The best guide for that. um, I always find it to be the, the older Beckett basketball Magazines from like maybe ten years ago, those give a pretty good description, but it's it actually differs a little bit from what the manufacturer really stated. So according to the, the manufacturer, there was uh, it was a twenty card set for the the one serial number to forty, but it, it was only supposed to be about I, I believe it was eight of them. Only eight of them were supposed to be stamped to forty, so it, it ended up being uh, a twenty card set. So. Twenty times forty, meaning mean that there's only eight hundred printed copies of the set. So if you uh, if you compare that to like uh, ninety seven, ninety eight PMG red and green set, uh, I think that one is uh, like twelve thousand three hundred total cards. Whereas this set is only eight hundred cards, which is freaking insane. So <laughs> it kind of gives you an idea on why these cards from this specific set are like not. Not really available all that often.
0: I'm looking at your uh, Sean Kemp and just like he's in his Cavs gear in this picture. And, you know, when everyone thinks about Sean Kemp, they think about him in the Sonics gear. And I hadn't seen like a photo of him in the Cavs gear and just seeing him not only in this Cavs gear, but the uniform selection during this era and the card in the background, it's just like, man, this is a badass card that's bringing a lot of nostalgic feels to me right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, but uh, you know, his uh, tenure with the Cavs, you know, it wasn't definitely was not the greatest. Right. So uh, every time I every time I look at that card, I just envision it in a Sonics jersey, and it would just be worth so much. more. It would, you know, he would, he would be like it's probably like 30 pounds slider and you know still have the uh you know the high the high pro haircut from his rookie year but uh, yeah i mean e- either way it's it's such a great card um back to the actual card it's uh it's not it's not like a shiny kind of refractor but it definitely does shine with the gold and then it's also laser cut each individual card is laser cut with with the uh, player's base these are pretty difficult to uh, to photograph and display for Instagram purposes. You have to like really take the right pictures to be able to see the, uh, the face uh, of the, uh, of the die cut holes on the, on each individual card. So has there ever been any other
0: cards or sets that have de- had similar technology or design than that? Because when I look at these cards, they always are so unique just from the perspective of the face and the holes and like, seeing people hold it up to light so you can see it through. I don't, is there any other card sets like this one?
1: Yeah, there's, there's been a couple more. Um, I can't think of it off of the top of my head, but there's definitely been uh, at least two. And I believe they're, they've they've both been from, uh, from the Panini years. Definitely not serial number. Like uh, these are like kind of like punch hold through, but uh, yeah, same technology, like the, uh, you know, the die cut with the, with the player's face in the background. Kind of like the the retro sets you know like a lot of uh a lot of the classic 90s sets have been replicated like the uh the 11 to 13 Fleer retro set by uh upper deck so we got the, the playmakers there have been i been have gone through that the credentials uh this specific set the uh fusion titaniums have never gone through the whole retro thing so i think that that also makes it special because it's never really been uh replicated so Hopefully, uh, hopefully, once Fanatics comes around, it doesn't it doesn't uh, you know uh, happen. I feel like you just like made the case for
0: why these cards need to be like held in the same conversation as some of these other uh, PMGs, and it was broken down so perfectly. Like the technology, the uh, rarity and scarcity, as opposed to other sets, and that's what we do when we love certain sets, right? We 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 talk about all of the attributes of them and why they're maybe better or more significant than some of the other stuff.
1: Absolutely. And, and again, uh, this, this set is just another example of hey, i I've, I never meant to collect these cards and I saw it in somebody, somebody's Instagram page. And I'm like, wow, I, I remember seeing that card in the Beckett like so long ago and it will be really cool to own, own one, but I, I bet they're really expensive. And and then lo and behold, I uh, I picked up the the Kobe Bryant, which for what I thought was prices amazing. You know, this was I think like five six years ago, and now it's a whole lot more. But um, which which again, it's irrelevant because just this, this card is just one that I, I I don't know if I'll ever part with it because I I did have two at one point, but it was meant to go to another collector. That's awesome. Going back to my point from earlier, it's a a lot of the times you just see a card and it's looks cool it's like right up my alley it doesn't have to be like the most you know the best player in the world uh the goat doesn't have to be jordan doesn't have to be a kobe or will chamberlain it can just be anybody as long as the card stands out it's of collector value and uh, most important like you like the card
0: When when you think about your personal collection maybe what are the kind of three cards that come to your mind in terms of like They've got the story, they've got the personal significance, they've got the aesthetics, kind of the total package. Like what are your your three cards, go-to cards?
1: I think one of the, one of my favorite cards, I'm probably going to go like two out of three is not the most valuable cards. The first one I can think of is the Caesars Palace Jordan card. I don't know if you know about that card. I know a little bit, but I, I'd love to be schooled. I'm probably the, not the greatest person to school you on that card but it's um uh, it's it's pretty much like a promo card uh from the 91 um Caesars Tahoe Golf Tournament hosted in uh in Lake Tahoe. I think uh Steph Curry just won the tournament there. Mm. So anyway um so 91 rolls around and it's the kind of people that uh at least used to go to that golf event was you know like country club guys you know millionaires just to go go check out the celebrities play some golf enjoy the weekend get you know spend some times with them so they made these uh gift bags and you know for you know paying thousands of dollars just to be there and part of that bag was a little uh, set of cards and of those cards one of them was a the michael jordan obviously like the biggest one Uh, i think another one of significance was uh john elway a couple other cards um anyway so what do uh what do wealthy uh wealthy golfers you know that are just there to enjoy the stardom do with a lot of the stuff They just end up in the trash right so of however many were printed which uh, i bet it wasn't that many uh some of them made it out and you know, eventually uh, these reached the collectors, and um, I, I don't like I, I don't like falling into uh, rumors of, like how many like actually made it <laughs> out, or how many were printed, all that kind of stuff. But uh, as far as grading numbers are concerned, there uh, there's not a lot of gems. There's not a lot of uh, PSA tens, non graded in a while. But it's it's just like such a neat card with a cool story. The front is just Jordan wearing a. Uh, but like a white Wilson hat. And then the back is just like a, um, I, I think it's got like a, like a little panel to, to get the player's autograph there. But like, you know, how often is Jordan going to be, you know, just signing golf, uh, autographs while he's trying to play golf after winning a championship.
0: That was, that's a card that I was not expected expecting for you to bring up. But I, I love, love the history lesson and understanding that. Um, definitely one I'm going to be digging up and looking more about
1: yeah i mean definitely just like just uh learning about these cards and you just see them and this is actually one that i just saw in a random beckett and you know i saw the story there and then just years later i you know spread up a little bit more on it there's not a lot of information on it online um i think um there was one really good influencer made a video about it recently and i i posted it like oh my god what's his name I i can't remember it but like it was quick and to the point it was it was sweet good graphics and it just gave all the necessary information about this card so like it's it's definitely one of my favorites and it's it's just like such a such a cool card you don't see it around like not a lot of people know about it so like again again that's like the kind of stuff that i that i like to have in my in my collection what else you got on your list well let's see uh, besides the 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 team leaders. I definitely gotta mention the the team leaders. Jordan, the uh, the one that I mentioned earlier. So I have a I have a gem in ten. Uh, that one's very low pop. Uh, I think it's in the 40s somewhere. I don't pay too much attention to uh, to like the pops, cause, you know, because they change all the time. But like even even for for like rare inserts, I don't know uh, how much they actually change these days. But uh, that's another cool one, just because. Uh, just like I told you earlier it's just so condition sensitive with the uh, edges centering the whole entire the whole entire frame is blue dark blue so it's it's difficult to maintain in good condition and uh what else I'm usually a lot better at just uh looking at other people's cards and listening to their stories so this is definitely uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had this on my list to ask you and I want to make sure I get this in before sure. before we close this out but one of the cards that stopped me in my tracks when I was scrolling through your page was this 9798 EX 2001 Essential Credentials, now Tim Duncan, which uh, that card is just awesome. Just looking at it, I was like, I got to ask him about this. So maybe talk a little bit about that card.
1: Absolutely. Uh, again, that was one of those cards that just wanted for such a long time. So just living in Texas for for so long I wasn't always the biggest Spurs fan but I definitely always watched the games and attended some of the games. I have really cool stories um with uh you know getting to hang out with different Spurs players and you know just doing uh different involvements with our organization. It's it's like um can't talk about it too much, just because like privacy stuff. But like, just great, formidable uh, human beings and players. Everything from uh, you know f- from the young guys at the at the time, Tim Duncan, just the coach. It's uh, a, a lot of the stuff you see on camera, but like it just it's amazing how it translates to to off the floor and and just in everyday life. And it's just so cool to just see the the mentality of young players you know they're you know 20 21 years old and then they're just they're just regular kids you know out of college or just uh starting their first job and just going to the mall and just doing the same stuff that 20 21 year olds like except they're they're famous and everybody wants to take a picture with them but uh back back to the card so yeah same 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 thing um just a rookie card. Great set. Uh, won it for so long. Uh, opportunity came up. Picked it up before prices really spiked. And unfortunately, I I sold it to get into another card. I think a couple of years ago. But it was, it was definitely very nice owning that card. And it was... Every time I, uh, I've owned a, uh, a Spurs card and Tim Duncan card, which I still have a few of them, It just it just brings back, uh, you know, good memories of the championship years and just community work and just a lot of the extra stuff. that just have nothing to do with the hobby. So
0: that's amazing. Joe, I've enjoyed this conversation, learning more about your mentality, how you collect, what you buy, how you work with other people. I think I certainly gained a lot of value from it. And I think a lot of people out there uh, will, too. So I really appreciate you coming on tonight.
1: Thank you for having me. That's really nice for you to say and um, good luck with the show. Love it. You're doing great things and it's a great experience overall. Awesome, man. You take
0: care. We'll have to do it again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Really enjoyed that chat with Joe. Love his areas of focus, how he builds his collection, his mentality, thoughts. There is a ton that I picked up from that episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We will be back next week with more Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. Don't forget to tell a damn friend.